Hello, and welcome to episode 127 of the Casual Try Hard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And we're getting a late start on tonight's uh, main episode here, so... Yeah, we got a little carried away. We got a little carried away. <laughs> another another long pre-show. So this yep. is going to be the start of our playing in paper series. And yeah. so this is where we're going to kind of go back through some of our old episodes, refresh some things that we had talked about before, and kind of talk about new stuff that you have to consider when you're going out to play Magic and Paper, since hopefully like things are getting more no- back to normal. I was I was just going to throw in that it's not like all playing in paper stuff, but it's certainly things that are geared towards either people that haven't played paper magic before or that are getting into the game like in general before. So it's a, a little bit like newbie related information. Um, there's a little bit of strategic stuff sprinkled in here and there, but this is a, it's going to be a series that we're going to continue probably throughout most of the summer. Um, we'll keep you know, we're just going to keep trucking until we get through it, you know, every week um, with probably, you know, some random bits thrown in to, to keep things fresh. Yes. Yeah, so uh, if there's anything as we're going along you want us to add, feel free to, mm-hmm. like, reach out. So you can tweet Absolutely. us things you want at Casual Tripod. Yep. Or you can shoot us a message on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. Or you can email us, show at Casual Tryhard MTG.com. We were talking a little bit in the pre-show about uh, Modern Horizons 2 singles and how the prices are kind of crazy all over the place. Um, there's some pretty good deals to pick up right now. There's some stuff that hasn't moved at all, and there's some stuff that's going up already. So if you haven't picked up your Modern Horizons stuff and you're looking to do so, please use our TCG Player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Uh, whatever you purchase after following that link, we'll get a small percentage of to help keep the show going. If you guys want to support us a little bit more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. I have most of the patri- uh, patron givebacks uh, packaged up. I just received the last bit of cards that I had to order for them. Um, they should be going out later this week. So stay tuned for that, patrons. If anybody else wants to get in for the next round, you got some time, hop on to our uh, Patreon, throw us a couple bucks, and I'll I'll add your names to the list. Patrons also get early access to our show notes. I post the notes up the day before the show goes live, so you can kind of get a sneak peek about what's coming in the episode. And you also get to hear us ramble lately for almost as long, if not longer, than the show is. Uh, that probably won't continue. We try to keep those uh, quick, but... Lately, they've been kind of long. Uh, patrons also get access to that. And at some point, we're going to have some other special stuff for the patrons also. But that's uh, down the road a little ways. But uh, make sure you come check us out on uh, Patreon if you want to you know, help support the show some. We also have our YouTube channel, Casual Tryhard MTG on YouTube. Over the weekend, I uploaded my collector box opening video. So that's live. We do box opening videos whenever a set releases. Whenever a set's on Arena, Brian usually throws up some draft videos. And we do have a project in the works for some more YouTube content. I know we've been saying that for a little while now, but stay tuned. It's coming at some point. And we have our Discord. Hop on over there. That's probably the best way to get a hold of me. Um, I usually have it up on my phone while I'm at work or whatever, and I check my messages. 
But if you guys, if there's anything you want us to cover for the playing and paper series, hop on over to our Discord. Let us know what you want to hear about. Ask any questions, and we'll cover it. Uh, there's a link for our Discord in the description, and there's a link on our social media also. Yeah. So we are going way back in the Wayback Machine here, and we're going to discuss pants and pants. why you should put them on. Again. Again. Now, yep. I want to point out, uh, we've maybe discussed this before, adults don't wear sweatpants in public. So I'm talking, <laughs> honest to God, pants with pockets that your wallet and your phone won't fall out of, Anthony. And, so, and no drawstring. No drawstring. We're not Matt and Asp. We're not wearing basketball shorts. <laughs> All right. So this was uh, us talking about, like, why you should bother to like basically play in paper and kind of going through all the different versions and ways to play a magic and talking mm-hmm. about the pros and cons. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start off. Some on of them the- are a little bit, some of them are a little bit different now than they were back when we talked about them last time. So, yeah. So we're going to start off on like the best way to play magic, which is in paper. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. What, what is that? <laughs> I got all these boxes of just stuff I've not looked at really in months. Yeah. So the biggest pro of playing in paper is the social aspect of it. Absolutely. And it's something that like none of the digital offerings give you. Yeah. It's very different like playing with someone in person than like playing with a friend like over Discord. Like that might be good, but it's not the same thing. So Anthony and I were talking this weekend and he was like, Think about how many hours we just spent, just the two of us, just sitting and playing magic and practicing. And, yeah. like, it was a ton. Like, mm-hmm. I remember when we, was it the Aether Revolt uh, sealed tournament? Mm-hmm. Like, I think he and I probably built and played, like, 30 sealed pools. Yeah, that, that was the one where you guys, like, proxied your sealed pools, right? Yep, and, like, built sealed pools that were proxied and played them. And then I got like one of the worst sealed pulls in history uh, <laughs> in the actual event. It was great. Um, yeah. Like just being able to like sit and like, you know, play you know, in like a sanctioned tournament or, you know, mm-hmm. just like, you know, inviting someone over and being like, hey, there's a sanctioned tournament that we want to play at in three yeah. weeks well- or in a month. Let's like play some matchups and like learn our decks and then yeah. it usually just devolves into just like random BS, like around the magic. <laughs> yeah. Right. We spent many a night at Cameron's house, uh, diligently oh, yeah. testing and then like eating Domino's. <laughs> <laughs> we also spent like many a Saturday afternoon trying to test for an event and ending up watching coverage. Yes. And just being like, yeah, yeah it's fine. Right. Yep. But like you <laughs> have way more entertaining. Yeah. But, like, that is something that you don't get on Arena. You don't get on any of the other ways to play Magic is just, like, you know, the friends you make along the way. That's right. Right? Like, you know, I've not played against, you know, like, Noob Poner 69 and been like, ah, Noob Poner, (laughs) I'm so glad to see you again. (laughs) Right? Like, no, that doesn't happen. Right. So... Right, like it's not that also that the arena client allows that to happen, right? I mean, I mean they specifically don't allow that to happen. And I mean, even like when I like, 
like when there are like you know three people on arena at the same time i am for my friends list it's rare that i like open it up and i'm like hey how's it going yeah. it just doesn't it's not the same thing so that's like i think the biggest thing is just like the interaction yeah and like i mean i'm assuming i can speak for you also but i've made a lot of really good friends playing magic like people that i wouldn't have met otherwise and you know what i mean you, yeah, you're never going to get that on arena either like you're not gonna message you know new poner 69 and say hey will you be my friend yeah i mean on sunday you know uh one time guest uh, uh and host of the casual try hard legends of retainer podcast uh <laughs> anthony called me and wished me happy father's day because we met because i helped him try to fix a bfz draft deck he had yeah. Right? Like seven years ago now is when BFZ came out or something or six? Yeah, a long time ago. Long yeah, something like that. Ago. Six years. Something like that, right? And so like if it wasn't for that, like we would have never met. Right? Right. So that is just something that like for all the cool digital ways to play, that's something that doesn't that has uh, hasn't been replicated or replaced. Yeah. And the the mythical kitchen ca- uh, table casual, right? Yeah. <laughs> they're they're playing because it's a fun thing to do with their friends. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, right? like they're there for the social aspect of it almost exclusively. Yep. All right, and then there we have, and this kind of runs into the next thing, like the mental game, like yeah. being able to like read your opponent or like bluff. Right through like body language or like how you're holding your cards or t- how you're tapping your mana. Yeah, pick up you on know. signals. Yeah, you know the like draw a card and like heavy side, but it was actually good kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Right, like again, you lose that on arena. Yeah, it, like the closest you get on arena is somebody like the glow of somebody hovering over one of your cards. It's like, oh, he doesn't know what that does. He's reading it. Or, or it's oh, it's being targeted right now. They're paying costs. Yeah, right. So you have or like if they're looking through your graveyard or something. Yeah, you're like oh, they have a cling to dust. Yeah, like or or it's like oh, do they realize that if this uh, uh what's his name Storm Herald resolves, they just die? <laughs> oh, okay, they've come to that realization. Cool. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, just the the ability to like bluff and read. And, you know, just the little the little things that almost like you associate with poker. Yeah. And like there's a lot of overlap between magic and poker, too. Like a lot of the magic pros are either ex poker players or have at least dabbled in poker. Yeah. Or have like World Series bracelets, you know. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, but there's a lot of those same things that like you associated with poker, like translate to magic. And again, Mm -hmm. like. Noob Poner has the same interface as everyone else I play against. So Noob Poner 69 is the same as like high as a kite 420. (laughs) Right. It's it's the same. It's the same like thing they're doing. And you play against some really interesting opponents. I never get cool people like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, (laughs) you know, you got to be on at the right times, man. I guess. Yeah. You got to be, you got to be sitting like at like eight o'clock in, in your child's playpen with him. 
because uh, if you leave, he screams, and you're like, okay, I got a couple games in here real quick. Uh, it's 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 all it's the space you're in plus the time. So That's look, right. there's that, <laughs> and then that kind of the mental game of things kind of leads into the fact that paper magic is more skill testing. Yeah, you don't have the client like to use as your crutch. It's not going to like walk you through a turn. It's not going to stack the triggers for you. Like when you play paper magic, you have to do all that heavy lifting yourself, which in my opinion is a pro. That's one of the reasons that I started playing magic was to like kind of work my brain some like exercise parts of it that I wasn't, you know, super using otherwise. And again, and, you know, I, I really enjoyed that part of it. It's something that as someone who's played Magic for a long time, that's just mm-hmm. always been part of the game. Yeah. And, I mean, it used to be such a part of the game, like, that if you missed the trigger, you could just lose the game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, like, things have gotten a lot, like, more forgiving in recent years. But, you know, 15 years ago, like... The missed trigger policy was like a game loss. Yeah. <laughs> depending on the trigger. Sure was. It was like, oh, you missed your trigger. Oops. Do better next time. <laughs> yeah. But better luck, better luck next time, slugger. Yeah. Shuffle them up, try again. So, yeah. like, that's always been like a really important part of the game. And, mm. like, I think it's, it's one thing to um, be good when you don't have to like be burning additional brain cells for like, Oh, I've got to remember this trigger and this interaction and stuff like that. Then to like, actually have to be like offloading, like some of your processing power to remembering all this other stuff that needs to happen. Right. So, right. It's just, I think a, a truer test of magic because Mm -hmm. like, is again, as much as wizards, what's the game to be digital the game is still like at its heart, like a paper game. Yeah, for sure. Next up, we have Travel, 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 Travel. Yeah, there you go. There we go. Um, I figured it out. May maybe sometime soon. Yeah, it's still a pro. It's a pro of paper magic is traveling. <laughs> it is. It is. Like, I mean, there's always been. Just the the places that we've gone, like to eat in random places that we would not have otherwise gone. Now, granted, like you know, sometimes we're not going to the most glamorous places, Richmond. Uh, but <laughs> you know, but you're the still place going. Is great. What? The place is great. Ah, <laughs> uh, I mean, there's we found some good restaurants to eat at, but like you meant the city, not the restaurant. Yeah, I meant yeah, I meant the city of Richmond. Oh yeah, yeah, gotcha. Like no one. Like, I'm not going to be bouncing Gavin's son or daughter on my knee being like, oh, I went to Richmond, Virginia. <laughs> and, like, I'm not going to be telling tales of, like, Richmond. I'll be telling tales of, like, if I remember it, the stuff we did, right? Yeah. Like, if I don't lose my mind between now and then, right? But, I'll, I'll like, the things we did, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's the stuff you remember is, like, getting to yeah. go someplace with your friends. And, Absolutely. Like, it was, you know, again, much like, you know, magic is the thing that the social stuff was organized around, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes the social thing ends up being more important than the magic. Yeah. Like, magic might be the reason that you traveled, but the reason that you enjoy it is 
again, it's centered around... People that you went with and the things that you do. Yeah, it's centered around magic. Like, that's the excuse. I don't think it's any different than if, like, you really liked NASCAR and you were someone who got, like, an RV and just decided that for, like, the summer you're going to go to every race. Yep. Right? Like, cool. Like, every Sunday there was a race that you, like, watched. But really, Mm -hmm. like, what you really took away from it was the stuff you did along the way. Yeah, getting to travel the country yeah. and see different places, talk and, to different people. Right, and I mean, still organized around Magic, right? There was always like, you know, hey, am I going to get like a feature match? Is this like going to be the bigger tournament that I like run hot like the sun and like get mm-hmm. like a feature match or get, you know, uh, a deck tech or something like just like the idea that like, oh, hey, maybe yep. like... You know, th- my travel will turn in like I'll get to do something that, you know, not a ton of people get to do. Like I could be like a, you know, D minus nerd celebrity for a day. Like that'd be cool. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. So. So and then the last thing is what we were talking about with our with our little TCG plug. <laughs> Magic finance. Yeah. Typically, I really enjoy following the market and, you know, making specs and hoping they pay off and, you know, watching the market so I can, you know, build my decks as cheaply as possible. I'm not sure right now with Modern Horizons I quite understand it, but I do like the aspects of Magic Finance for the most part. So, and, so you mean you mean there's a there's a part of the market that is not behaving rationally? That's never happened in any market before, ever. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Like magic's just catching up with other stuff. It's like this company makes no money, but I think it will one day. Just take the price up, maybe to the moon. There you go. Yeah. So. So yeah. So. Yeah, just like getting like to do like, hey, I think this card will be valuable in the future, or like, I want to get this card now because I can see it being played in like three years, mm-hmm. and then it'll be harder to come by and whatever, yep. like making the judgment on like, oh, this is a unique effect that you don't see. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is something I should like, you know, have. Yep. And right. like I said, I, I enjoy that portion of it, um, especially like over uh, 2020. That's really one of the main ways that I interacted with Magic was, you know, tracking my collection, sorting my cards, making purchases for the future, that sort of thing. See, I was really good at making purchases for the future. Less yeah. good at sorting my cards. Well, he also had a screaming tiny, tiny human. This is true. This is true. I need to teach him his colors. Yeah. So we can get... <laughs> and then make sure his hands are clean. No. Start sorting. Yeah. Not in your mouth. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. Just so, make sure they're sleeved. He'll be all right. First, <laughs> sleeve all of my unsorted cards. Then, have him sort them in by color. <laughs> Cool. Why did it take you eight years to sort your cards? Well, you see. Um, but yeah, so like things, things to uh, to do, right? Now, what are what are the cons to pro ma- uh, to pro, pro magic? There's a lot of cons to pro magic right now. <laughs> what what are, what are the cons to paper magic? And I like this first one. Uh, people can be disgusting, and this is yeah. two years ago before there was a virus that was very much not good for people. Yeah. Do you remember like going to GPs in like, you know, knowing that you were probably going to catch the GP crud like when you got back, but like it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. You, you knew you were going to come back with a cold, 
or something or like for two or three days you weren't gonna feel well because you yeah. know it, it was a combination of road food lack of lack sleep, of sleep. Yeah. being in a hotel and then being around like a thousand to two thousand people who many of which who had questionable hygiene habits yes right like you we've all had the opponent where you've sat down and been like oh You've never taken a bath. Like, not once, what not it, ever. What is that smell? What's yeah, that uh, dripping off of you? I have, like, sat by people in players' meetings, yeah. and it's been awful. And then, like, I've, like, seen them, like, walk towards me for my first round. And I'm like, oh, God, please no. Please no. <laughs> and they, like, mercifully sit, like, two tables down, and you're like, oh, I can only smell it a little <laughs> bit. It's fine. And you're just like, ah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, people can be gross. So there's no DCI anymore. There there was a time where you could get banned from the DCI by taking pictures of people's butt cracks <laughs> hanging out of their pants. Yeah, remember that guy? Yeah, there's a guy who would just like give the thumbs up and get a picture behind uh, be- behind some nerd like at a magic tournament with like, you know, their butt crack hanging out. It was a Twitter account, right? Yeah, I think it might have been a Twitter account and then the guy got banned. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a whole series he did a, a yeah. butt cracks. Yeah. So, you know, uh, people are gross. Yes, people are gross. Yes. Aside from people being gross, though, like, some people just aren't nice either, which yeah. kind of stinks. I mean, we not pleasant people. Yeah, we've, we've talked about, you know, my, my grunting reanimator opponent who just, like, threw cards at me. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, so that is a downside I mean, usually, like, there are fewer of those people than, than you know, the reasonable to nice people, right? Like, yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, m- like most of the people I've sat down across from were, like, at least courteous, if nothing else, you know what I mean? Yeah. Even if they didn't have much personality, at least they weren't, like, an asshole about it. They were yeah. pleasant enough that you didn't want to run away. Yes, I guess we oh we also have in the con section it is also like more skill testing than arena like you have to like there's yeah. a lot more mental work to do which is like a good thing and a bad thing if you're transitioning from one of the digital clients. Yeah, and I think that's the big thing is I look at it as a pro and I think a lot I mean a lot of people do. A lot of people play paper magic. A lot of people think that that's a good thing. Um, but I can see where it would be daunting from the perspective of somebody that's only ever played Arena or Magic Online, where like it's hard to get, it's hard to process like how much work that the client does for you. So it can yeah. certainly be a con as well, and yeah. it's also like it kind of compounds on itself because you get like it's easy to get tilted if you miss a trigger. Or if you make a play mistake or, you know, whatever. And then, like, that kind of compounds and, like, makes it easier to miss the next one also. Like, your whole match can start sliding downhill, which, you know, obviously isn't great. Yes. You don't learn as much that way. I think I think most people have been there, but yeah. it's, not, it's not good. Yeah. It's expensive. It, it sure is. <laughs> Very, yeah. very expensive. Very, very expensive. And 
I mean, in some aspects, the game has gotten cheaper. I remember, I mean, it probably wasn't more than like three years ago. Like the average price for a modern deck was probably fifteen hundred bucks, two grand. Yeah, probably. And I was just going through some quick prices before the show. Actually, I think we talked about it in the pre-show a little bit. And really, the most expensive deck I could find was like under two grand. So. In that aspect, some of the stuff has gotten cheaper, but like if you wanted to play Legacy, good luck. Like you need to sell a kidney first. Yeah. And then like getting to an event, like I would say that like when we went to like, you know, vacation capital of the world, Richmond, Virginia, um, yeah. right, you know, between hotel and gas and food and then like tournament entry and stuff, you're, you're spending like three or four hundred dollars minimum yeah and you're probably gonna check the vendors out and buy some singles or stuff too so yeah, yeah it definitely uh definitely adds up and a thing for um more like at the lgs level mm-hmm. is it like there's a risk that like the event that you're trying to go to just doesn't happen because there aren't enough players yeah i think that's probably gonna unfortunately it's probably gonna be common for a little while while like communities are rebuilding and people are like coming out of their homes. Um, yeah, I would definitely expect this to be an issue. And, you know, like I think we've talked about before, right? Like over the last like year and a half, people have found other things to do. Yeah. And it's going to be like magic's going to have to pull those people back mm-hmm. from the things that they were doing in lieu yeah. of magic. So yeah, and it's also tough because there's like so many different ways to play magic that like maybe, you know, maybe you're a standard player and you really want to play magic, but like standard doesn't fire at your store anymore because standard players are all online now. So do you build a pioneer deck or do you build a pauper deck or do you build a modern deck to try and, you know, jump in? I mean, that takes time. And then like those modern players, maybe they're, maybe they're sick of waiting for, you know, a eighth person to show up for their tournament. So they, they all go and build, you know, legacy decks or something. I think it's going to be hard to get everybody on the same page and get your, uh, get your game stores, you know, set up and running again. Yeah. Cause like, I think you're going to have, if your game store had 30, let's say people that were, that consistently showed up to play, events Mm -hmm. throughout the week right yeah maybe you're down to 15 yeah right and like getting eight of those 15 people all there at the same time with the same format deck yeah is gonna take a while to have happen like there's gonna be a lot of like six people show up Mm -hmm. or five or less Yeah. yeah or you get five or three and you're like oh well well that sucks and it's one of those yeah. problems that like feeds back on itself right where right. you know if you make the 30 minute drive to your lgs once and the event doesn't fire you're like okay that was like bad luck and then you do yeah. it again and it doesn't fire and you're like i don't know if i want to do this again it happens a third time you're probably not coming back right right which stinks yeah but like then eventually when they get to seven people, right, if you would have come, you would have made eight. Yeah. But like, yeah, but of, I mean, how many weeks can you reasonably expect to show up and nothing happened? Exactly. 
Right. And it's just one yeah. of those things that it like will slowly kind of eat you up. Yep. Right. So our next way to play magic is the way that we've probably most played magic in the last year, and that's arena. Yeah, I played some arena this weekend. Did you play any uh hundred card historic brawl? I did. Yeah, what'd you play? I mean Ugin's my boy in Brawl till they take him away from me. You played hundred card Ugin? Uh-huh. Wow. All right. I played Dina. Dina? Oh yeah. The the whatever you gain a life, they lose a life. Yeah. It was great. I played it all weekend long. Maybe I'll post the deck in Discord. It was pretty sweet, and I think it's pretty easy on wild cards. It's a lot of like uncommons. The deck was cool though. I dug it. And I had a decent win rate with it. Well, like I guess you have to cut it down to sixty for like the historic brawl event or whatever's going on right now. No, it's still hundred card. Oh, it's still a hundred card? Yeah. Uh, they're testing it out to make it a permanent format, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's still hundred card. Yeah, like no, we 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 Ugin people, it was fine. <laughs> I, Just I, fine. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't like I don't remember being like, oh yeah, this was this was amazing. Like you resolve an Ugin and you down ticket and you usually win the game. <laughs> and yeah. you like you try to resolve your Ugin on like turn five. Yeah. And I if can they see that. if they kill your Ugin, you usually can cast it again on like turn seven. And then that one is usually like that one really like locks it up. It's like, oh wait, they had enough. He had enough mana to do it again. Like I did, I did. <laughs> All right. So, pros of arena: no pants required. No pants required. You can and just about always log on and get a game in, regardless of where you are, what you're doing, because you can play on mobile now. So yeah. any place there's an iPad or Wi-Fi or your phone or Whatever you're going to do, um, you can always play Arena. Yeah. For better I, or for worse. I think that I almost exclusively play now on my iPad. Yeah. Like I, have, I haven't logged into Arena on my computer in a long time. Yeah. I, I still almost exclusively play on my computer. Yeah. Like it's, it's just easy to get games in on, on mobile. So that's probably the, yeah. the, the biggest thing. Now, the next one, mm-hmm. I think is both a pro and a con, which is the, like, well, yeah. Okay. Well, I differentiated Fair. that. So, it's, a, it's easy to maintain a collection. Yeah. So. It's, it's not easy to build one. Yeah, so it's, once you have the cards, they're always sorted for you. They're, they're, yeah. they're searchable. Yeah, well, I, it's it's still easy to keep up with releases, though. I guess yeah. is kind of what I meant. You are a hundred percent right. You don't have to sort it. It's easily searchable. Deck building is, for the most part, no complaints. I mean, there are certainly a couple complaints, like let me default my basics, please. Or the um, fact that the sideboard right now is trash. Yeah, yeah. Seven cards and then oh, rest of sideboard. Uh, apparently. I think when Strixhaven came out, I just heard this, that it was that that seven card thing was screwing up and people were trying to run tournaments and people yeah. were only getting seven card sideboards because like it was messed up in best of three when when Strixhaven, <laughs> when they released the feature. Yeah. So yeah, that's so, all they got. Yeah. So they only got seven cards in their sideboard. Oops. Yeah. 
it is easy to maintain your collection, right? It's you're mm-hmm. not like me where you have like a giant shelf with a bunch of boxes that you have to like move, right? Like that that that's right. not a concern you have. Yeah. And like I still think that it's cheaper to buy into a standard release on arena than in paper. Yeah, I mean we we know that basically I spend like 50 bucks a release and I end up with like a ton of stuff. Yeah, I, I usually do the same thing. I'll buy usually I'll buy my pass and like you know, I'll spend 40 bucks on gems or whatever and then by the time the season's over with I have most of the whole set or at least everything that mattered. Yeah. So, I mean there's and That's few... way cheaper than like if you're going to play in paper. Absolutely. Yeah. It can be free to play, but I don't know how many people actually like are in that model and like happy with it. Like I don't know anyone who's like 100% free to play person. Um some of our listeners are. Yeah. Like I I've talked to like people that have messaged me for um like arena codes and stuff have told me they've been free to play. Okay. I think it's 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 one of those things that it's it's hard. Yeah. Just because like you part of it's like up to like RNG, right? You're just like, right. "Oh, I really hope I open an elite spellbinder for my deck." Oh, yeah. I didn't. Well, yeah. I guess I don't have one. Right. Right. So that it becomes it becomes difficult. But like, if it, you... like it's meant to be frustrating. I think though, like I think it's specifically designed to be frustrating to be free to play, to oh, like no, I... make you sink money into it. Absolutely, I think that's how like the, the free to play model in like all games works, right? Is it's like yeah, it's hard to do, so you like pay for the shortcut. Yeah, right. Like you can grind for four hours, or you can spend two ninety nine. Yeah, and get the level bundle, and you're like, it's only three dollars. Yeah. And then that's how they. Keep but you get two skips, so you can build your house quicker. Yeah, or whatever it is, right? Yeah. So, yeah. the engine does do a lot of heavy lifting in terms of like rules, right? Like we talked yeah. about. Yeah, we talked about that in the paper section. So it makes it easier. I think it makes arena makes it easier to learn the game. Absolutely. Uh, because like the game is like holding your hand as you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been a couple times like I've showed up to the store for like a draft or like a pre-release or something and somebody has like asked me a rules interaction that normally I wouldn't have known except for I'd already run into it on arena so I knew how it worked yeah so it does make it easy to learn but like we said it does kind of become a crutch as well mm-hmm. right and there is like the thing that I have liked more and less depending are the weird, like wacky formats that they kind of threw up there to like make things a little fresher. Yeah. When was the last time they did an omniscience draft? I don't know. It's been a while and those are a blast. They are like, they've kind of more defaulted to the, like here's like a C minus precon deck. Yeah. And we're going to, have this other precon deck that we hope is a C minus, but if it's a C plus, like it's just a miserable, like weekend. Well, like, like the omniscience events that they've had haven't been drafts though. They've been like, or you're both drawing from the same deck almost. Like it's oh, a preset yeah. deck that you're just ripping cards off of, and that's not as fun, I don't think. No, like I, 
Right, because like the omniscience draft really changed the value of cards. Yeah, it changed so your you, pick order. Yeah, you so you had to like reevaluate what was good. Like divination is great in omniscience draft. Hundred percent. Right? And like any like but you don't know that until you've done some omniscience drafts. Yeah. And like, oh, like I've learned something about this particular format. Now I know what I'm gonna value differently. Yeah. Uh, like they've got the popper events. Like I said, they have the weird pre-con things. They have mm-hmm. Momir, which, you know, is another yeah, like, I, super I don't RNG really care format. for Momir, but. I mean, some people love it. Like that, it came from Magic Online because people loved it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know there's a there's a devote following for it, but it's it's not really my cup of tea. Yeah, I don't know how you have a devoted following for like basically playing craps. Yeah. <laughs> like, but with like a lot more dice. Oh, like, yeah. Way more come dice. On. Daddy doesn't want a two drop that just dies when it comes into play. <laughs> no. You like you like shake up like 85 dice, 85 D20s, and it spits out like the card number for like all the two drops. And you're like, OK, cool. <laughs> I got the wrong one. Crap. OK. Yeah. I got something. Ooh, toughness equal to the number of green permanents I control. Well, that's zero. <laughs> Bye, buddy. <laughs> Yep, um, it just dies. It just dies. Oh, just dead. Oh. If this card was put into play and not cast, yeah. No. <laughs> oh. Why is Phage the Untouchable here? And why did I get it? Crap. <laughs> um. Yeah. So like, those are fun and something that you can't easily do. Like I was talking about trying to get like back. You know. Trying to get our our sword into like just let's, I was like let's do an omniscience draft like I can explain the rules. Yeah, I mean I think that'd be fun. Yeah, it, like, it'd be a lot harder to do like a Momir event though. Yeah, and you you can't really do a Momir event like you just got a long box of like two drops. <laughs> and this is just, the two drop box. This is the three drop box. And like you just do it and you just reach in and pull out a two drop. Yeah. And you're like this is what I got. Yep. Garbage uh, bags. Just garbage. Shake that them way up. you can shake them up. <laughs> yeah. And then like it's visually appealing. Like it's Yeah. They've done a decent job, though again, like, can we like shorten questing beast animation by like five seconds? Uh, I, I don't know. I I kinda like the animations. And like the backgrounds are always really nice. Um, yeah. I don't know. I I've, dig I've, it. It's certainly leaps and bounds better than Magic Online. This is true. So, what are our cons? Uh, well, no, you, you don't get to talk to people. You do not. Yeah. I mean, pro, so. you don't get to smell them either. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. The grind gets old. I've basically just like removed myself from the grind. Yeah, like, I'm almost there. I keep like, telling myself that I want to play more challenges and spend less time on the ladder, but it just seems like whenever I'm trying to like knock my daily quests out, I just hop on the ladder. Yeah. And I really shouldn't do that. But I mean, it's one thing to be like, oh, I want to get four wins and cast 30 white spells. Yeah. I'll let it hop on the ladder to do this. Yeah. Then it is to be like, I'm going to play 700 games to get to Mythic. Yeah. And, you know, it's a thing where, you know, what is the reason to grind a mythic, right? Like, yeah, there there isn't much of one. 
right? Like, so it's like you get to, you get entrance into the, one of the biggest GPs you've ever been to. And like the top 16 or the top 32 of that event, get an invite to like something, something that they may or may not cut the prize support from. (laughs) Yeah. That may or may not have prize support. Exactly. Yeah. So what? Uh, so I won. I won. What? What do I get? You get a firm handshake. No, oh boy. I'm still hungry. No. <laughs> I yeah. can I eat the hand? No. Dang it. Uh, In so, the uh, like, I've noticed that the like the rewards when they reset the ladder, like they're not nowhere near worth the time that you put in. Yeah, it's like it's like three packs. Like yeah, yeah. getting getting the platinum is like pretty trivial. Yeah. Because like they change it so gold gets two steps every win now and only one step down. Mm-hmm. So like, getting the platinum is pretty trivial. But like getting up to gold, you get like an extra pack and like two hundred more gold. It's like who cares? Yeah. It it realistically doesn't matter. Right. When like the the reason to grind used to be, hey, I could like qualify for the pro tour from my house. Mm-hmm. And now the pro tour is dead, right? So like what am I qualifying from my house for? Uh nothing. Nothing. So like I'll get on like I don't I don't think I played Saturday or Sunday. I like hopped on today, banged out all of my like challenges, got my got like ten wins and was like, all right, cool. I will see you again later. Uh, magic yep. decks. Yeah, so yeah, the the grind does get old, especially now that they've like really taken the the rewards off of the grind. Well, at least the rewards that meant to us. Yeah. 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 And then building a collection is like basically complaining about how you build your arena collection as a cottage YouTube industry now. Yeah. <laughs> right. It is like if you're not willing to play a reasonable amount of draft, I would say probably like minimum like 30 drafts. Probably like it's not impossible to build your collection, but it's really hard to build your collection. I mean, you're going to have to sink some like serious money into it. Yeah, like $50 a set release is like doable. It's still like $200. On yeah. like essentially a video game, though I did buy the new Ratchet and Clank today for seventy bucks, so I can't really can't, <laughs> can't, can't complain really, too much. Yeah, can't can't moralize about spending money on video games, uh, yeah. but it is it is really hard. Like my brother was watching me play, and was like, "Oh, what is this?" And you know, this is Magic. I'm like, "Yeah." It's like, "Oh, that's really interesting." What's it called? Arena? I said, "Dude, don't." Like it's just so expensive, <laughs> and like yeah. yes, like if he hopped in at a set release and like played his cards right and like you know he could uh no pun intended how to draft yeah but like it just ends up being like so much money yeah right like oh that's a really neat historic deck like well yeah like, we... see that like, like that's a whole nother point though is like if you're if you're getting into arena because you think that historic is a cool format and that's what you want to play good luck yeah like, good it's, luck it's just too hard yeah, like I, I don't know if you could buy enough gems to like build a historic deck. 
You just buy a bunch of gems and you start at like Kaladesh Remastered and you just like buy packs. Yeah. Well, I'll buy 400 Kaladesh Remastered packs and then 300 Ixalan packs. And eventually, if I do this for every set, we'll get there. Yeah, like that's what I mean though. Like I, I don't know if you could buy enough gems to do that. <laughs> Before the credit card tied your account burst into flames well i mean not just a credit card but like by the time you got through it all you'd like there'd be another set out <laughs> so you just couldn't get, catch up <laughs> i don't think you can catch up yeah so like you know they're doing like two things like it's not like it's not a format that you like can just play your old fun standard deck not and at they all. like keep putting these like like weird like supplemental products on like jumpstart and then like the mystical archives and yeah. like make the format ends up being about like key cards from those sets. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, how, like, how do I get all of these cards? It's yeah. like wild cards. So you got to open packs for a set that you don't want the cards for right. so that you can get the wild cards because you can't even buy jumpstart most of the time. <laughs> right it's like what What if i want to mux this can i just open jumpstart packs no no cool so i have to open like zendikar rising packs yes and eventually you will open enough of them that you will get a single muxus <laughs> yeah oh that does not seem good so yeah that is no. the the uh the big issue there is if you if you weren't on the train at the beginning, right. like it seems like the only points you can hop on the train are like probably like in the fall for standard. Yeah, when a rotation happens. Like when a rotation happens, you're like, okay, standard's the smallest it can be. I'm gonna yep. start with this set, backfill with stuff as I as I need it. And mm -hmm. like what is this other form of playing magic? I am not participating in that. Right, at least not until you've gotten everything you needed for standard and have yeah. some extra wild cards. Yeah, so like you just can't participate. Um, yeah, and like you really don't have that problem in paper because yeah. like in arena, there's no way to turn your old cards into anything. But in paper, you can. You can turn them into dollar dues and then spend those dollar dues for different cards. Or just like instead of like buying a box in hopes of like opening four of the rare that you want, you yeah, just walk you up just to someone and go rare. like, I want four of this rare and it is always going to be cheaper than cracking packs to yeah. get that rare. Like if right. you want a specific card, like opening packs is a bad way to do it. Uh, yeah. So. Like that's not a super like true one for one though. Because, like, on Arena, everything is the same value. It's always a wild card. It is. And in paper, like, I mean, if you want an Underground C, that's going to be $1,000. Yeah. But, like, if you were, if you had access to, like, revised packs to open for that Underground C, it'd be way cheaper to buy your Underground C than, than to open packs to get your Underground C. Right. So what but I, what like I, all, all the packs on Arena are the same price, though. They are. But what I mean is, like, in you can't just go on Arena and be like, I want to buy four rare, rare wild cards. 
so right. that then I can turn them into four stomping grounds for my deck. Yep. Right? The only way you can get it is you just have to open packs. Right? Yeah. You either have to open what is it? Like six packs to get that one rare wild card. Is it six? Mm-hmm. Right. Six, yep. Six. So minimum you have to open twenty four packs for your sacred your foundry. Mythic. For yeah. for for your for your playset of sacred foundries or oh, twenty four yeah, yeah, packs yeah. for your one mythic. Right. Right? Where in ma- where in paper magic you can just go like I want four sacred foundries. Mm-hmm. Right? Here's my money. Yeah. And it's going to be cheaper than you buying like guilds of Ravnica packs. Yeah, I mean, realistically, you could probably buy four of those um, Shockland Secret Lairs for what it would cost you to open enough wild cards to, you know what I mean, to get yeah. a play set. Yeah. So, you know, the, it's it's a different economy, but it's a bad economy than, yeah. the, real, than the real one. <laughs> there are no older formats. Historic is uh i think historic's a mess personally but historic is not like a a format that you can play in paper no and it's 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 definitely not pioneer and i think at this point even though like i've enjoyed playing some historic um i think at this point i'd prefer pioneer on arena i i do as well just like playing so i predominantly play best of one Right, we can mm-hmm. talk about my shortcomings as a person, but I think that right that format is a bunch of people racing to ignore one another. Yeah, and like there are just like on more than one occasion, you just lose the game on turn four mm-hmm. to any number of things. Yeah, and, I mean that's kind of what like best of one's all about, though. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, I'm trying to like, you know, I've been like storm heralding people. But you're yep. just like, oh, they dis they discarded uh the uh emergent ultimatum. Oh, they had mm-hmm. Nivix Mastery. Oh yeah. I guess I lose now. Yeah. Yay. Yay. And it's just like and but there's like four different ways to lose to that deck. Yeah. Right? And it's just like, oh, there's so many of this exact deck. This is awful. <laughs> um but yeah there's no pioneer there's no modern there's no legacy there's no commander which i think commander is the hardest one that they get to put on yeah like, i don't know how they would do multiplayer yeah you'd you have could, to have a way to like cycle through battlefields or something right like yeah there's no functionality to, like split the battlefield into force yeah and there's no vintage so like you don't one of the big drawbacks to arena is if standards bad yeah. and historic's bad, arena's bad. Yeah. There's just nothing else to do. Right. Like magic online. I hope online, your garbage, like random formats are good because otherwise yeah. I'm not playing arena for a while. Yeah. But like a magic online, like, like right now, modern is really popular because of modern horizons and arena's not getting that bump because it doesn't right. have that format. And people are like, should Modern Horizons been on, like, Arena? And it's just like, no, because then that would be all that Historic was. Like, yeah. Modern Horizons draft decks would be, like, top tier. Uh, I mean, 
if it was on arena i would have a really hard time recording this podcast right now because i'd want to be drafting on arena yeah but like you just couldn't do it and then be like oh yeah you get to play those cards in historic it's like oh that's the only thing you can do now is mystical archives and modern horizons I heard this the other day. So we've talked about it before, right? Like, oh, hey, it's going to be super easy to put cards on Arena. We just put them in. Arena knows what the rules do. <laughs> and then when it becomes something like, yo, what's it when we when we get in those uh, uh, Pioneer cards? Whew, do you know how hard it is to put cards on Arena? Oh, we yeah, just don't so have much enough work. people. And it's like, dude, three years ago, you were like, oh, a child could do it. Like, the computer just teaches itself and now it's just like oh man we don't have enough to, there's not enough people on earth to do this it's just impossible and it's like well, no you have to pick one it's either stupid easy or impossible you yeah, can't, you can't have, have it both, both ways. ways right so like remember like last year hey pioneer masters is coming yeah you know, pioneer masters is gonna be in december uh here's catalytic remastered hey yeah yeah pop pioneer masters and then it was like if we don't ever say pioneer masters again they'll forget right they'll just forget it's been cricket since then yeah they've come out with how how many uh like state of the games and there's been no mention yeah they're just like they're gonna forget yeah and it's like we made up a fictional harvard mba we call i called him chad chad was like like no 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 we're gonna release each set that is pioneer legal as a remaster because think of how much money we'll get from releasing 25 sets to yeah. draft as opposed to one yeah. and they were like oh so we're not going to do that and chad's like no man we'll make so much more money <laughs> and they're like all right chad cool yeah uh, i don't like chad very much no no chad chad's the worst kind of person the program on Arena, it's not perfect. Uh, no, it definitely has some shortcomings. Like not knowing or having to know or forgetting to like go into full control mode when you have to. I'm thinking specifically like the Phyrexian Tower. If you want to sacrifice something at like on your opponent's turn before it's you turn, like it won't prompt you to do it. Basically, if you can't it, like cast a spell with the mana. Yeah, basically, it looks at it and goes like, "You have one colorless mana. You have a heartless yeah. act in your hand. Yeah. You can't cast it." And you're like, "No, no, I can. I just have to sack this creature first. But it doesn't yeah. take the like leap of like, "Oh, you can make this game action, and yeah. then be able to cast you'll have the spell. mana. I better give you a second to see if you want to make that game action." It's just yeah. like, nope, moving on. It is funny because yeah. there are some times where like it feels like the game had to like take a leap to be like, oh, if you take this game action, mm-hmm. you can like cast a spell or do this thing. And sometimes it's like, oh yeah, it's cool, I'll wait for you. Yeah. And then other times it's like, nope, just just moving right along. Yep. I mean, they have fixed it for some things. Like I remember when like copying a spell required you to like go into full control mode. Mm-hmm. Now they just like, oh, you have like an expansion in your hand. Yeah. Well, We'll give you a second so you want to copy this spell. Yeah. So or, that um, better. like floating your mana with um, the wilderness wreck you had to go into full control to do. Yeah. Because it would just like kind of pass through. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then Auto Tapper is still trash. Auto Tapper. I mean, it's better than it was. It was. It was. It was god awful. But yeah, there's you know times like I think today I had two black two scissors suppliers in my hand. I had like blood crip blood crip stomping ground. Yeah. And I was like cast a faithless looting. It was like you know you should use the blood crypt. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, come on. So then I just like wasted a mana because like it decided I didn't need to didn't need, uh, that, black, didn't black. need that black mana. I was like, dang it. Like yeah. I should have like thought ahead a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's still an issue. I kind of reported a bug. Oh, it, yeah. Yeah. Well, you can put what's it called? Quandrix command on the stack. Without mm-hmm. legal targets on Arena. Oh, yeah? So, like, its bailout mode is target a player and they shuffle three cards in from their library into their graveyard, from their graveyard into the library. Mm-hmm. But then all the other modes are targeted, like counter target spell, incinerator sorcery, no, sorry, uh, enchantment spell, bounce a creature, planeswalker, and like put two counters on a creature. So, like, you can put it on the stack, but then it won't ever resolve. So it goes on the stack, it won't pay the mana, but then it just doesn't go back to your hand, it doesn't go away. Hmm, that's weird. through your next turn, it's just on the stack. Hmm. And uh, so I, like, tweeted at them, like, hey, like, hey, can you go to this link? And then it's, like, not abundantly clear how you like yeah. report the bug is basically yeah. just like a forum page and like oh I, yeah, yeah yeah that's how I, it was during beta you had to report everything through a forum and then i like searched quandrix command and like four other people like put up like the same thing yeah so like okay they know about it but yeah, yeah it, it still has some issues for something that shouldn't have as many issues as it has mm-hmm. next up is magic granddaddy magic the gathering online uh mitko if you're super old or modo if you're even older yeah Yeah, what was like modo was like magic online digital objects yeah something like that or digital offering or something something like that yeah so the pros for modo first and foremost is you can get a game in whatever format you want to play you will get a game you will get a game, even like the weird formats. If you want to play Popper, you can play Popper. If you want to play Momir, you can play Momir. If you want to play Commander, you can play Commander. If you want to play 1v1 Commander, you can play 1v1 Commander. Do you want to play Penny Dreadful? You can yeah, do Penny that. Yeah, Penny Dreadful. Yeah. Format that like basically doesn't exist out of ma- outside of Magic Online. Yeah, just because it's like only like your deck has to be a Penny. Well, or- the legality also changes like based on the day of the week. Yeah, based on how much the cards are. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like all the cards have to be under a penny or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So you can do something. Like, you can get a game. Mm -hmm. Yep, for sure. I think the biggest thing is that you have access to the older formats. Yeah, and in some cases, they're a lot cheaper to build than in paper, too. Like, you can build a vintage deck for a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Which you is, can't buy any vintage cards for a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. 
You also have some of the same training wheels as Arena. Like, it's going to, like, tell you you have triggers, but it's going to make yeah. you put those triggers, like, on the stack. Right, so it's it's kind of a combination of both. Like, you actually have to, like, put them on the stacks. So you get to order things the way you want, whereas, like, Arena does most of that work for you. But, it like, you're not going to miss a trigger with Magic Online, which is something that, like, you will miss a trigger in paper, for sure. At some point in your life, you will miss a trigger. Yes. Yeah. I can almost guarantee you the first time you go play Paper Magic, you were going to miss a bunch of triggers. Yeah. It's just how it goes. Oh, um, yeah. You have, um, I guess we both put both, both on here. Deck rental <laughs> services slash, like, loan programs. Basically, yeah. there's a couple different companies that do this. I think most people that are on, like, are they on Card Hoarder now is the one that everyone's doing? I think so, yeah. Um, basically, you can, like, pay a subscription fee and then borrow cards from a an online vendor for mm -hmm. like your to play a league with. Yep. And basically you, like whatever deck you want to play. Yes. And then you send them back. Mm -hmm. And what's weird is, is like, because magic online is supposed to be like a perfect digital uh, reproduction of magic, paper magic, yep. right? These are just stores that exist outside of like wizards control. Right. It's really strange. Uh, very, very strange. Yeah. So. And like that kind of leads into the other pro of magic, which are the bots. Yeah. Um, the bots make it really easy to build decks because you basically have access to every card. Yeah. Um, you like you there is always a bot where you can buy something. Whereas like e even in paper, like if you wanted to play. I don't know, something with like metal worker. Like if you wanted to play mud in legacy and like you needed metal workers, like the chances of your LGS having like a play set of metal workers is probably slim to none. And then you also Where, having $800 or whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean like money aside, even if you had like, you know, unlimited wallet, um, you just couldn't find the cards. I mean, at least been... not locally. There's been stories of like people going to like tournaments and mm -hmm. like deciding they need like an uncommon from like the in print set. And no oh, yeah, I mean, this is something it. we'll talk about later. Yeah, but they'll just, oh, there we go. But they'll just end up cracking a bunch of packs in hopes of opening that uncommon for their deck, for their sideboard. Yeah. Yep, and that's sure. not something you have to like worry about. No, you, like I said, you, as long as you have, you know, however much the card costs, you basically have access to every single card. One of the bots will have it, and you are always, you know, within arm's reach of whatever bot. Yeah, and I guess another, like, pro is, unlike Arena, like, it's actually possible to, like, sell out mm -hmm. and, like, yep. get money for your cards at some point. Yeah, and like the way the economy works, you you can even spec on cards on Magic Online. Like even if you never played a game on Magic Online, you can, you know, buy cards that you think are undervalued and sit on them until they're no longer undervalued and then sell them back to the bots and make money. Yeah. Cons, Magic Online has been described as like an Excel spreadsheet. 
of like the interface is just like kind of old and clunky. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it should be being played on like a Game Boy Color. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Let me take out Pokemon here. Let me throw in Magic Online and yeah. my old Game Boy here. Yeah, it's just not very, not very pretty. It's less intuitive. Like there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, do you want to do this? Yes, no dialogue boxes that you have to click through. Yeah, and, and like it's also pretty hotkey intensive, which makes it kind of hard to learn. Yeah. And it also has the issue of uh, for those yes, no, like interaction dialogues, depending on how the card is worded. The yeah. yes, no is just like exactly how you would expect the card to to tell you. So you might play a card in your deck where you want to like click yes. And then to get the same effect with a different version of that card, you're supposed to yeah. click no. Right. And you got to know the word, difference because they're worded different. So like people go on. It's harder to go on like autopilot, which is probably a good thing. But you always yeah. have to be reading those dialogue boxes, which is like super painful. And like when they have cube, yeah. it's like, oh, I've never played this card before. Oops, I screwed it up. I guess I lose them. Yeah. And like the, the hard thing about those dialogue boxes, too, is that they're they can be kind of small. And because the game looks like it's running on a Game Boy Color, like the text isn't very clear sometimes. Yeah. Um, it's just so, awkward. Yeah. So. We also have the economy is, well, interesting. Yeah, because it's like its whole separate economy. If you want to play Paper Magic and Magic Online, like you basically have to buy all of your cards twice. Woo! Yeah, which is weird. It feels different. Like when I'm playing Arena, I don't feel like I'm buying my whole collection over again. Like, I feel like I'm doing something different. And I realize most of it's probably in my head, but whatever. Yeah. Like, when I play Magic Online, it's like, no, I I need four Misty Rainforests. So even though I have four Misty Rainforests sitting in front of me on my desk here, like, I have to buy four for my computer. My computer needs four Misty Rainforests. I think the big difference is that, like, you're doing kind of the same thing. You're like, open wallet, purchase these four cards. Yeah, And you're like, I already opened my wallet and purchased these four cards. They're right here. Right. And these four cards I can feel. (laughs) Yeah. And in Arena, it it feels a little different, I guess, because you can't just buy the singles. Right. So it feels a little different. And again, the way we interact with Arena is more just like earn packs, crack packs, be done. Right. Right. So we don't have that like same like struggle. To like get cards mm-hmm. that some people do. <laughs> the future of Moto is uncertain. There was definitely uh, yeah. <laughs> a, a a point where like everyone thought it was going away. They're like, hey, Arena's out of open beta. Or is in open beta. And everyone was like, well, Magic Online is dead. Yeah, I mean, basically the whole economy crashed. Like all of the bots shut down for at least a day or two. Yeah, because it was just like people were panic selling. Yeah. Um. So... It's one of those things that, like, you can't, like, I don't know how easily both clients can exist. And, like, especially and get the resources they need to both be functional. Right. I mean, was it, is it Ignoble Hierarch or something? Watching videos, like, people were just like, oh, is Exalted still bugged? 
And it was yeah. just like, yeah, Exalted's still bugged. Like, Exalted wasn't working. Yeah. On some card or with some interaction on Magic Online. And it's like, how? How have you screwed this up? But Magic I mean, Online... Oh, good. Like Magic Online hasn't changed anything about it in 20 years. Something like that, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I, I can't imagine that, like, that program still even running on, like, a current PC is easy. Like, they've got to have, you know, a, a fire brigade, like, on the servers at all times trying to yeah, know, keep and, the game running. And they have to program all the cards in individually. So if, like, someone forgets right. a comma somewhere, oh, then yeah. the card just doesn't work, and it's just like, oh. Yep, hey. Then you don't get exalted. Yeah. And... You know, related to the economy, because most standard players and standard drafter or, you know, current set drafters are on arena. Yeah. If you have a card that is from a current set that is popular on Magic Online, it's almost impossible to get. The example that I remember pretty vividly is Arclight Phoenix. Yep. Like, if you had, you know, if you were drafting, was it Ravnica Allegiance, I think? I think, or was it yeah. Guilds? Whichever which one. one, if you were drafting them and you know you opened your Arclight Phoenix, like there was a modern deck that used that. So even though you were going to play play standard on Arena, like the modern players needed that Arclight Phoenix. That Arclight Phoenix, I think at one point was like a hundred dollars on Magic Online. It may have had a point where it was the most expensive card on Magic Online. Yeah, it, it was insane because nobody was opening packs. Yeah, because all like of those right, people were on Arena. It was right when Arena started, so it was like flashy and fresh and new. Yeah, and so there was no one there to open those cards, and like because it's a perfect recreation of like paper magic, perfect in air yeah. quotes, right? The only way those cards get into the system is you have is they have to be opened, like you have mm-hmm. to open packs. Yep. And so if people aren't opening packs, the cards aren't showing up. Right. So, right, like the economy is a problem. Like the, it's kind of a eh client to like look at and use. Yeah. So like, and like the barrier to entry is pretty high. Like it I, is. like I've only played like one league and it was like trying to figure out like where the league was and yeah. like how to give them money. It was yeah. not like, easy no it's awkward right so even like if you're in there trying to like use your collection it's also awkward it is like the the search function is weird and deck building is weird and like you have to add cards to binders to use the bots and it's it's not intuitive and at all like unless you've been doing it for 20 years you're probably not going to do it right yeah, I, I know I had, it was a struggle for me. Yeah. So we've got two more ways to play Magic. One a little new and like sanctioned. And yeah. one a little bit older. and uh, Very much unsanctioned. Very much unsanctioned. So we yeah. have Spell Table, mm-hmm. which is kind of Wizard's way to have you play Paper Magic but not have to be around people. Yeah. Depending at, on how at you some point, your, I do want to check this out. Depending on how you have your webcam set up, pants are optional for spell table. Um, <laughs> sure. Like I said, Anthony and I used it, and 
just goofed around and like talked and stuff and it was fine. Yeah. At some point I do want to check this out. I also think that it's cool that with the, I believe, um, with the companion app, like you could theoretically run your own tournament on spell table. Yeah, you could probably. Which I think is kind of neat. We could start running our own tournaments on spell table. Oh, we could. That's an idea. I hadn't actually put two and two together. Hmm. We might have to look into that. People can play against us. There we go. Yeah, there you go. These guys suck. (laughs) Hey, I never said I was good. You guys just like listening to me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then the last one is uh, one I know about, which is Cockatrice. The other one is untap.in. Yeah, that was one that uh, Chetman was talking about a while back. And I think Dieter has used it also. There's a third one that Tom was telling me about, but I can't remember the name of it. That's the one that he always used to use. Um, But these are, like, depending on which program you're using, there's various amount of, like, rules engines built in. Some of them have actual none. Some of them have some rules, but not all. Um, But they're basically, like, free programs where you, like, build a deck and... I think most of them have some sort of matchmaking built in. You just like play your deck against somebody. I have used Cockatrice. I have not used Untap. I wasn't super thrilled with Cockatrice because there's like nothing on the line. Like people can, you know, just build whatever they want. And because there's like no tournaments, you're basically just like jamming games against strangers. I found that most opponents didn't, like weren't invested the same that I was both in deck choice and like ease of, you know, just not wanting to continue playing. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, Oh, I missed my third land drop and we're done. Yep. Scoop yeah. it up. Yeah. So it makes it, it does make it harder. Yep. So I think these are all the ways that you can play. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think we covered just about everything. We are going to, like we said at the beginning over the next few weeks, focus on the paper part and how mm-hmm. to get you from like where you are on arena into paper, kind of in this like new world. Yeah. So with that, I think we have a show. We have a show that's to be continued. That's right. Like this is where in the like 80s sitcom, it just goes to to be continued at the yep. end. Right, so if you have some questions about these ways to play, like you want to get those answered, you can tweet us at Casual Tripod. Absolutely, we're doing this for you guys. So if there's anything you want to hear about in particular, or things that you wish somebody had told you when you were a new player, or things that you want to tell a new player, let us know um, on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. You can email us, show at casualtryhardmtg.com. Um, also, our Discord, link in the in the description. There's a link on social media. Uh, this is all for you guys, so let us know what you want us to talk about. Um, I've got a whole bunch of show notes, but I can certainly fit in whatever else you want to, either information you want to pass on or questions that you want answered. Um, also, if you like the show, please help us out by... Uh, using our TCG player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. 
when you're looking to purchase singles. Um, it really does help us out. Or you could support us directly by going to patreon.com slash casual tryhard MTG and just pitching in. Um, like I said, every little bit helps us keep the show going, pay our hosting fees, pay for equipment, yada, 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 yada. Um, you got anything else to add? Nope. So with that, we'll catch you at FNM. We'll catch you at FNM. <laughs>